like literally, I think that's a huge part of my block, Leah, with writing the proposal, because I'm like, I don't know if they could afford this. I don't have enough information. I didn't do enough digging. So then I, I don't even know if I'm wasting my time. Welcome to the Smart Gets Paid podcast with me, Leah Niederthal. I help women land higher paying clients in their independent consulting businesses, but I've never been a salesperson. My background is in corporate marketing. And when I started my first consulting business, I learned pretty quickly that it's about a thousand times harder to sell your own stuff than it is to sell someone else's. So I taught myself how to do it and I created the sales approach that I now share with my clients so they can feel more comfortable in the sales process, get more of the right clients, and get paid way more for every client contract. So whether your client contracts are $5,000, $100,000 or more, if you wanna work with more of the clients you love, do more of the work you love and get paid more than you ever thought you could, then you're in the right place. Let's do it together. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to rate, review and share. Hey there, Leah here and thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope that wherever you're listening to this, wherever you are right now, you're having a great week, making some good progress on your business, and also taking time for you. So it's almost Valentine's Day. Unless you're listening to this like way later, then it's not Valentine's Day at all, but it's Valentine's Day right now. And I was walking down the street of my neighborhood in Brooklyn, and I walked past, um, I guess it's like a part yoga studio, part home store. I'm not totally sure what their deal is, but... They had a little sandwich board sign outside that says, hold on, what did it say? Okay, one sec. It said, roses are red, violets are blue. Your truest love should always be you. And at first I was like, "Mm, that is so cheesy. But then like a split second later, I had this other thought that was like, actually that is true and you know it. Because several years ago, before I met my wife, I was getting out of a, what was a really dysfunctional relationship. And I totally completely lost myself. Like you wouldn't even recognize me and how I was back then. I had just completely lost everything about myself. And in the wake of that, after, you know, flailing around a little bit and through lots of therapy, I decided that I was going to not date anybody and just spend time falling in love with myself and really reconnecting to the things that I loved and I loved about myself. I spent a month in Nashville with my grandparents. This is back when they were still living. I saw friends that I hadn't seen in ages. On the recommendation of one of my friends, I made a list of 10 things I love to do and how long it's been since I've done them. And then I just did them one by one. And that process, as simple as it was, was amazing. And I moved to DC to be around family. That's where my sister and her family lived. And that's where my parents spend a lot of time. And it was all to really intentionally fall in love with myself, not date anybody, just fall back in love with myself. And it was an incredible process. And then while I was falling in love with myself, not paying attention to anybody else really, that's when one day I walked into a bar to meet some friends for trivia and I saw the woman who would later become my wife. We saw each other from across the room. It was an instant connection. We spent about an hour or so for the rest of trivia, just staring at each other. And when trivia was over, I walked up to her and started talking to her. But I really believe that I had to go through that process of falling in love with myself before I could love anybody else. And so as cheesy as it is, you know, roses are red, violets are blue, your truest self should always be you. It is true. And I think it's an important lesson that all of us can use as we run our businesses and as we work with our clients. 
So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you and happy Valentine's Day. So I'm really excited to share the conversation that you're going to listen in on today with you because it touches on the part of getting clients that every consultant has to do, and that is proposals. So many of the women I talk to feel a way about proposals, love, hate, or somewhere in between. And the woman that you're going to hear me talk to today is no different. The client I'm talking to, in her work, she works with the C-suite and very senior leaders, and she has a great reputation and a fairly big platform. But the situation is this. She has people coming her way and companies coming her way wanting to work with her. She's getting on the phone with them, having conversations, and the next step is to write proposals. And then that's where she hits a block. She just doesn't want to do them. She doesn't want to do the proposals. But the reason she doesn't want to do it is different than you might think. And what I love about this conversation is that we start talking about one thing, but as we go deeper, we find out it's not actually about that thing at all. Because on the surface, this is about proposals, right? But as you're going to hear, it's really about so much more. It's about pricing. It's about messaging. It's about discovery calls. And it's about confidence, And by the end, what we find is that it's not about proposals at all. And it just goes to show how connected each of these pieces are. So if it's ever taking you a long time to write a proposal, or if you've ever felt like your pricing is all over the map, or if you've ever just not felt like doing a proposal, you're going to find a lot in common with the client I'm talking to today. So I want to send a huge thank you to this client for allowing me to share this conversation with you. Take a listen, and at the end, I'll come back and share a lesson that you can apply to your business. I had kind of a breakthrough over the weekend, and I I think, Leah, I'm realizing I have a mental block with proposals. I have a a mindset issue, and that is why the proposals are, are stacking up, and I'm not getting them done. When I get them done, then, then it's something like, you know, someone says, oh, I can't afford it. They want to do business with me, but then I just don't even go back to it. Cause I'm like, now I got to come up with a different price. And a part of the block is too, cause then when I screw it up, I resent it. Like when I was in, I was in Michigan all day yesterday, I had to leave it. I'd be up at three. I had to leave at 4am because it was a two and a half hour drive to this client in Michigan. And then I didn't get back till five. And it was a the day I only billed for $8,500 because it was back like in November and I never put a expiration date on it. And I know they could have afforded more. I kind of, I screwed myself. And with that $8,500, I had to pay my videographer because he came with me. So it was, it was a waste, right? I mean, I shouldn't say it's a waste, but like Thursday I'm flying in and out of New York and it's a $20,000 day. And yeah, I've got a hotel and a flight, but it's still like, there's a big profit on that. So I... I'm just giving you all that information because there's a couple of things happening is one, my pricing is all over the place Two, I have a, a mental, I don't want to say disorder block. I, I have a real like therapy thing where I'm just not, I don't want to write them. I don't want to, I don't want to write them at all. I like having the conversation. I don't want to write them. It doesn't get done. Everything else takes priority before it. And I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if I'm at a point where I just need to hire like an expert to literally just write my proposals or if I'm, if this is fixable, I don't know. If, I don't know. So that's me. What do you feel like? I mean, what, what does it feel like? I mean, talk to me about that. 
when I'm training, I want you to know, like I am so in my zone. I'm, I'm like, when I'm training, I'm good. Like immediately I get emails afterwards saying that was great. Our team loved it. You know, we want you back. I do a great job, but it's the proposal it's pricing. It's, it's valuing my time. And then when I get a, Oh, I can't afford that. Or we, we got, we got proposals like the, the agency last week saying, well, we got proposals from two to 5,000 and your proposal was 20,000. Like, but they're also not comparing apples to oranges. They, some of them, I'm guessing a 2001 was maybe a three hour on zoom or a two hour on zoom. So that's not my issue. You know, they're not comparing the right things, but when I hear that, I'm kind of like, want to go in my shell and be like, but I, I, I know I, half of me says, well, fuck yeah, I'm the $20,000 person, you know, cause she, she also said you're at a different level than those other trainers that we got prices from. So, and she wants to work with me. Like she wants me, you know, but I, so I don't know what it is. I, it's hard. I think that proposals can be overwhelming because it's a lot of work. And also my day is not stacked for that. Like my day is stacked for like meeting with clients. So then it's, it is shoved off to late at night and I'm just tired. So I'm, I'm not carving out the time. There's one logistics. I'm not carving out the time. I'm not allowing it to happen during work hours. And it has to be, I really, I'm excited about like coming full time. Cause maybe I can, now that we've created a system where I'm taking the notes in that Google doc in that grid, now she'll be able to take their words and literally write it up because she's also being trained by you to know this is the right way to do it. So I'm grateful that she's in on this. So she knows like, literally we need to talk to this. So I don't, I don't know. And I, I, I'm, I am going to talk to my therapist at 332 about it. I do need to bring this up because she's also a business owner and she does really well. And she's been raising her prices. I need to find out like, is this, is this something that is ingrained? Is there something from childhood or whatever that I feel like I'm blocking it for myself? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's certainly a lot to unpack, right? A lot of sort of threads you can pull. And I'm such, I love that you're like, why am I the way I am? Right? Like I am so curious about that in general, right? Like, you know, why are we the way we are or what messages do we hear or what experiences do we have that makes, I don't know, sending a follow-up email or setting your pricing today so challenging, right? Mm -hmm. So I love that. Most of that, right, you're right, happens with a therapist, but it's, I think it's good to sort of shine a light on it in these conversations. So we can talk about, there's like that element, right? There's also an element of, you know, why maybe there's something around, like, not only is this something you don't want to do, but like you tried your best and it still didn't work. And like how frustrating that is. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm in this network with all these people and they're like, we do all these worksheets. Like I came out of a work last week and they're, and they very much teach on who, not how, like hire your who. And just, if there is something that you don't want to do, you shouldn't be doing it. And that's why I like come to the the thing is like, I don't want to write my proposals. I, I don't want to do it. So why am I doing it? Can somebody else do it? So I, I guess I'm also asking you, like, is there a person who's at a certain level who can just do these and I don't have to worry about it anymore. And cause I don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you do that for any of your clients? Like, <laughs> well, so no, but I'm mean, not exactly in the way that you have framed it up. So, yeah. cause what we've done so far is we've talked about, well, hold on before I even get there, 
There are a lot of other like little threads to pull on this, right? One of the threads is how can we make your pricing just your pricing so that you're not making it up, making it up every time, right? If you, if this is just what it is, then it is what it is, right? Yeah. And so you're not going through this exercise of having to reevaluate every single time and revalue yourself. They, that's probably what's time. happening is I feel like every day I'm like, what's my number today? What am I worth it? And that's almost like putting yourself on a scale. Like what's my number today? And Absolutely. And that's a, that's a fucked up way to live. Totally. And it's, it just, it's so dependent on how you happen to feel that day, right? You had a great day. You got off stage. You, you, you know, the adoration was just washing over you. You're like, fuck yeah, I'm the, you know, I'm the shit. Like I'm going to price myself up here. And then you get one person who pushes back on you. And then the next day you're like, well, that was crazy. maybe I'm an 8,500 person. Right, 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 right. Exactly. All right. So that's, so that's another thing, right? Like having to revalue yourself because honestly, I mean, the proposals, you know, writing the, the actual proposal itself, like probably isn't that hard, especially since what we've done so far is we did the conversation framework, right? Which helps you essentially fill in the blanks of a great proposal, right? The proposal sort of writes itself in a way. Yeah. And as you do, as you guys do more and more of that, it'll get easier. But I think there's another thing we have to look at, which is making sure that you are getting on the phone or getting these opportunities from the right people, and the right clients, right? Because if somebody, listen, this the person who's evaluating you at 20K and somebody else at $2,000, that, that was never your client, right? They were never your client, no matter what you, just knowing even the range that you've considered for your pricing, like they this, this company was never your client, right? And so making sure that you're attracting the right people and messaging, sort of signaling the right people and the right opportunities through your, your website, through what you're putting out on LinkedIn or any other social channels, right? Because if you're like, I do, then you're going to get anybody who wants. Mm -hmm. But if you say, you know, I help, let's just go with the example that we worked on last week. Okay. So here she and I are talking about her painkiller statement we worked on, which for privacy, I'm editing this part out, but just suffice it to say her new painkiller statement is much stronger. All right, let's get back to it. You're right. And I think I didn't even realize that. Like I've really specialized. I now know I just don't want to do X, Y, and Z people. You're, you're totally right. Like not everybody who needs is your ideal client. Right. Right. So now we have to signal the right people, you know, and the right companies or at the right level or the right problems to solve. Mm-hmm. Right. Because getting is not a problem. Right. That's not a, that's not a problem that we're solving. That's a tactic. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a tactic that you do very, very well, but you your value is so much greater. So we have to start the conversation there. Got it. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like today talking to, they specifically are coming to me because their CEO is trying to figure out what is the next chapter of his life. And it's teaching the EVP how to take the opportunities they've had in the last two weeks because the spotlight's been on them. So it's it's a much higher level, bigger scope that I do. Right. And so 
maybe the next step of this is after we sort of work on the pricing and the proposal process is is working backwards, right? And thinking, all right, well, how are we going to message? How are we going to signal that in a lot of things in our messaging, in our content, in you can even signal that in your contact us form. You can signal it in a lot of ways so that the yeah. right people see themselves in it and the the wrong people keep scrolling or yeah. you know move on. So that's another really important part of this. I I just what happens is I feel like I've in my head every time somebody comes to me with another issue that they need handled. I'm not seeing it as here's a day I'm seeing as, Oh, here's a new project. So I need to, it's a different project price. And look, because everyone has a kind of a different need, like this bank that I have today. So I need to, instead of thinking like, Oh, now I've got to create a whole training for her. But instead I have to think about like the proposals is $20,000. Well, not everything is going to be cookie cutter and we don't want it to be, but let's say that we sort of some boundaries on your, around your pricing and, and the scoping like we've been doing, even if that solves half of the issue, okay. right? even if that takes half the proposals and makes it easier and more streamlined, right? Okay. Then that would take, you know, a big weight off your shoulders, right? That means that you don't have to revalue yourself. Every time I do it. Every single time you have to do it half the number of times. Okay. But then, you know, it really comes down to that value-based pricing that the, that we were talking about. Now, can we talk about what's appropriate for my time or is that really no one's ever going to, there isn't a number, there isn't one number. Cause like I talked to my CPA and they said, we'll make the goal. If I'm at 16,000 a day, if I, and I, and I get these at least one of those a week. Right. He said, like, if you just get, if you have one of those a week, like you're golden, you know, you want a million gross, like you're going to be fine. Like we're, we got that. But there's part of that too, that I, I don't like not being able to help certain people. Like I go the, Oh, but I really want to help her. That's okay. You can, you can still do that. Yeah. You know, if it fits, um, though. well, so I think what's making this hard then is sort of going back to the question, how much is my time worth? Yes. Because we're not going to price based on time. We're going to price based on value. Yeah. So when you start attracting and talking to the people who have the real problem you solve, right? Not the tactical problem you not the tactical thing you do, but the real problem you solve, and you do great discovery, then they're going to tell you what the value is to the business. And that's how you start to say, all right, this is the price of this work, which will achieve the value that you want. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So what is the value of being able to capitalize on every single opportunity to unlock, you know, even more business initiatives or partnerships or whatever, right? That's pretty big. So is charging 26,000 or whatever, I think your last proposal was, is that too much? Do you achieve that value? No. Not for a bank. Yeah. Right. And the challenging thing is that value-based pricing isn't something you calculate. It's something that you decide. Yeah. So is, is the number that you've put down on paper, is it wrong? Is it bad? No, it's, it's right for the right people. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. You're going to know, and the pricing comes from you, right? This is your price. Whether they 
had something different in mind, that's up to them. Yeah. Right? Your pricing comes from you. Can we talk about this number? Cause nobody tells you the number like, okay, great. Thank you. You're not in your head. Oh no. I, you're reminding me a whole other part of this is making sure you're talking about price on the call. Oh shit. I'm not even close. How yeah. do we do that? I'm shy about it when I'm like, I'll send you something. You know, they're like, well, can you talk about the price? I'm like, well, I've got to go over and go over everything that we talked about. And I'm, I'm going to noodle this a little bit. And then, and then I'll send you the proposal tomorrow. And I heard yeah. your podcast or something. And you, you kind of say something like, so for this in my, you know, in the past, the, the, this is, I've done this range for this. How does that sound? Or will that fit what you're looking for? You know, you said yeah. something like that. Very close. Um, so what I, what it takes is a little bit of just fluency in the pricing, right? You don't have to have like every single bullet point or whatever, but some fluency. And the first step is number one, create the commonality, which is for clients who are in a similar situation or companies, your size or companies with a turnaround like yours or CEOs facing this problem, right? Create some type of like bridge, right? This is why this pricing is relevant to you or why this, why this scope. Um, there are a couple ways we, this is, this is literally how I do it. That starts at 26.5. Does that sound like what you were expecting? And if they said, we had $5,000 in mind, then they're not your client and you're not writing a proposal. Ah, but, if, yes. but if they said, right. But if they said we had 20 K in mind, then we're talking. Yeah. Right. And then you get to decide, do I pursue this or not? Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. Because so then now, because literally I think that's a huge part of my block, Leah, with writing the proposal. Because I'm like, I don't know if they could afford this. I don't have enough information. I didn't do enough digging. So then I, I don't even know if I'm wasting my time. Once I have this, because now I've, uh, you've alleviated so much of the, with the questions of like, what's missing, what's broken, you know, all that has been so helpful with writing the top. But now this is going to help with my block with, I don't know if they can afford this. Should I do it at eight? Should I do it at 20? I don't know because I didn't gather the information. Right. And that's why, you know, if you add that on top, right, to this whole, I have to value myself every time I sit down to write a proposal and I'm doing it with no information and I'm just guessing, right? No wonder it's so hard. hard. And no wonder, right. You're like, I would rather, you know, scratch my eyes out than do this. I'd rather do the laundry, scrub the toilet. And I do. And that's why I'm like, don't get them done. Cause I'm like, I'll go do this. Totally. So we're going to price it once and let them show us whether or not they are our client. Okay. Right. And only then once we have agreement, right. Are we in the same ballpark? Then I'm writing a proposal and I don't have to revalue myself every time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> I can't do yes. the therapy here, but I That's can huge. do the proposal and the pricing here. I think, yeah, I think that was, that's the, one of the biggest chunks of it is I'm just guessing here. Okay, cool. So now I don't have to guess and I can actually sit down and have some real information before I write it. I'm less likely to strike out because I'm going to know exactly what the price they can afford or that they expected. Absolutely. 
So there are a couple of things that we've talked through. There's a few key pricing principles that we want to bring in to this. One of them is your price is not about money. It's about your life, right? The price is about the types of clients you want to work with, the type of life you want to lead. Totally. I... It's specifically about my, the life I want to lead. If I was single and if I didn't have a husband and if I didn't have a kid, I would literally be just like working to death. And I would take on everybody because I want to help everybody. But my, the value of my time has become exponentially greater. Yes. And so if we could get you getting paid twice as much and take on half as many clients, right? That's the goal here, right? I think yeah, you said this that is not me. about me like, it really, I'm not trying to like, I need 5 million in the bank for retirement. It's really just so I can work a little less. Yeah. Cause I don't want to be working weekends and I'm not, which is great. I've set a huge boundary in the last two years, which is I don't talk to clients on the weekends. Like they used to roll right into my weekends, like two or three years, like as soon as she was born, as soon as I was really pregnant. But now the next thing I need to do is set the boundary. I don't think like proposals are done and set by three o'clock on Friday because I can't bring this anxiety into my weekends. Exactly. The other thing is another pricing pr- principle is that you have the right to charge whatever you want. Period. Full stop. Totally. <laughs> there are no. people. There are people out there who are charging a fraction of what you charge, and they have that right. Totally. And there are people who charge way more, and they also have that right. You know, you have the right to charge whatever you want, and your price comes from you. And the last is don't negotiate against yourself. What, what is, I see it in your face. What's going on? I, I do that. I mean, I, I know I do that. I talk myself out of it. Like I, I put down a number and then I go down by 2000 and then I kind of go down by another. I'm like, Oh, can I do this a little because, but it, again, it goes all back to what questions you just gave us. So I can get the number I need to get I need to get their ballpark because I have no clue what I'm going in with. I don't need their ballpark. Sorry. I need to make sure that their mindset matches what my number is. Right. That you are in the same ballpark. And so it's the client's job to negotiate. Yeah. But you're not going to negotiate against yourself before they even see the number. How are you feeling? Did I just throw another log on the fire or, or what, what is it? Did, um, I, did I make this easier, worse, or the same? Easier, harder, or the same? I don't know how same? to talk about that though. Like, I don't know when they do ask, well, how did you come to that pricing? If they ask, because I have been asked that before. I need to just say that's the value of the, of the coaching. I don't need to yeah. say, well, there's the flight and there's this and my videographer. I have to just say that is the value of the coaching. Right. Like this, this is the, how did you come to that? Well, it reflects both my time and expertise. It reflects, you know, 25 years of doing this. It reflects being able to make sure that I can get your people ready. It reflects the additional coaching that you get. And the thing is that we are always teaching people how to think about us and our work. We, and we teach people based on our reactions to things, right? So I don't think that people will ask, how did you come to that? I don't hear from 
when, you know, when I use this framework or when I use this approach in my, in my work and when my clients use it in their work, they're not often asked, how'd you come to that? Because they teach people that this is it. This is, this is the price, right? Like you teach people through the, the confident way that you state the price. Yeah. And especially because you said, well, for clients in a similar situation, a similar size who have CEOs who are going through this, there are a few ways that we work together. Because I've already said like, you're in this club and this is what they've paid. And I've already planted that seed and they don't want to be like the ones going, well, I can't, I don't want to pay that. Like I've already said, this is what your colleagues were doing together. Yeah. Exactly. All of these are ways that we teach people. So back to your question, what happens if they say, how do you come to that price? Well, you know, if you answer it, not that you would sound like this, but if you answered it like, well, you know, it's like the, the photographer is like X amount and then the flight's usually about this much and blah, blah, blah versus, you know, over the past 25 years, I've developed a proven process and you know, to do that, it takes this many sessions. And so that I know that on day one or whatever, you guys will be confident and ready to go. You know, that's how I came to that. Which one teaches people how to think about you as an expert? That one. You know? It's great. Exactly. Yeah, so I love You it. have more power in this than you think. I know. <laughs> I know now. You're right. You know? Yeah. And it's cool because as I'm becoming more comfortable in these conversations, like what's neat is they want to work with me. It is becoming easier now for sure than three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And I know it sucks to like send a proposal and have somebody come back and say, this is too much. Right. It's like soul crushing. Right. But that's going to start. But I can prevent that by these new questions. There you go. We're going to prevent the soul crushing. Wow. I mean, we touched on so much in that call and I want to pull out a lesson that you can apply to your business. But before I do that, I want to call out one thing. The woman you heard from in this episode, my client, I want to ask you, like, as you were listening, how long did you assume that she's been running her business and how much do you think she's making in her business? Like in your mind, if you had to guess, what did you assume or what would you guess that her annual revenue is? So hold both of those in your mind, okay? Here's the answer. She's been running her business for about eight years and she grossed $1 million last year. And the reason I bring that up is because the things that she's struggling with, they are so universal. You might be struggling with them too or just sort of working through them in your business because the issues that she's talking about, you know, pricing is all over the place, feeling like she's making it up, feeling like she has to value herself every time, sending proposals out and getting a no, wondering if her pricing is actually good, underpricing herself and then ending up resenting the client. These are issues I hear from the women I work with at every stage and at every size, and they don't discriminate. So we see them if you've been in business for two years or 10 years or 20 years. They're there whether you're selling to small clients or big companies. And they're there if your pricing is in the 10K range or if it's in the 100K range. And that's why actually I get to work with so many women across different sizes of their company, different lengths of how long they've been in business, because these things are so universal. Because I work with women in the messy middle, right? That time in your business after that startup period, when that first wave of clients has slowed down 
and the things that you were doing to get those first clients start to not really work anymore. And you realize then that you have to do something else to get you where you want to go. And that's when getting clients, getting the right clients and getting paid well gets harder. And that messy middle period lasts a long time. It lasts years. It's the longest phase of running a business. And so, you know, sometimes women ask me, what size business do you work with? You know, like I'm at 150K, will your stuff work for me? And then someone else is like, I'm at 750K, will your stuff work for me? And I say, yes, because these issues are universal. They're not specific to one stage of your business or one size of your business. So in light of that, I want you to know that if you're struggling with the questions that we talked through today, you're not alone. You're not doing something wrong. So don't beat yourself up for, you know, not having figured it out already and give yourself some compassion because it's never too late to figure these things out. But the other thing I want to leave you with is this. So in this conversation, we started talking about proposals and for a lot of women, proposals take a long time and they can feel challenging and you might feel like you're making it up every time. But what I want you to know is this proposals aren't the problem. Proposals are never the problem. Proposals are always a symptom of the problem. The real problems are one or many of the ones that we touched on in today's call. The real problem could be that you're not talking to the right people, or you're not starting the conversation on the level of value, or you're not talking about the value or positioning your work around the value. It could be that you're not doing enough or the right discovery in your conversations. And it could be that you're just not talking about price on the call. Or like I said, it could be all of the above. So to really solve the proposal problem, we have to look at the real problems. And so I want to share with you a quick guide to how to make proposals easier and faster and more profitable. All right. So there are four ways. Number one, if your pricing is all over the map, then that's a pricing problem, but it's also a sales conversation problem. So it requires looking at those two things. Number two, if you're spending too long on proposals, that's a discovery problem. Number three, if you send out a proposal or proposals and clients get back to you and tell you that you're too expensive, then that's a messaging problem and a sales conversation problem. And number four, if you're dragging your feet and avoiding just writing proposals, like if you're sort of dreading it, that's a discovery call problem because if you do the right discovery, the proposal essentially writes itself and a process problem. So I wanted to share this with you so you can use that to diagnose the root causes because once you know the root causes, then you can actually start to fix them. And when you do that, your proposals will get better, you'll get them done faster, and you'll start winning more.